Welcome to the Call by God podcast with Adney Godet and myself, Nixon Sylvain. This show is about dialogues of biblical characters and testimonies of Christians who submitted to the will of God. Each week, we bring on one guest so that they can share their story of how they were called by God. I hope this show inspires you. Enjoy. Hello and welcome, world, to the Call by God podcast. I'm yours truly, Brother Nick, and I'm here with Sister Adney Godin. Sister Godin, how are you doing on this blessed day? Hey, Brother Nick, I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? I'm blessed by the best. I can't complain. God is good. You know how the, the, the preacher said, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. So I'm thankful to God again for this wonderful opportunity just to be a part of this platform. Adney, it's been such a blessing to me and I'm sure it's been a blessing to you and also it's been a blessing to you guys. Again, so we want to thank you guys for supporting us. Yes, it is a new year, 2023. Adney, I'm still trying to get in the habit of saying 2023. You know, when I write my documents while I'm at work, sometimes I slip up if I put 2022 and I got to correct it, got to put a line through it. So I'm still trying to get the habit of saying 2023, but it's, it's just a blessing that, that God has blessed us, Adney, um, to, to see another year. I would say this. I would say this. I left 2022 behind so quick. <laughs> <laughs> I made sure I memorized 2023, because 2023, I believe, is going to be a big year for so many of us. I'm excited for what God is about to do in this year. Um, The most uh, powerful thing I would say is um, myself and 16 other sisters, we, um, we launched our first book together, a collaborative. So just just that alone has shown me the hand of God in this year. So I say, you know what, 22, you may have been a little rough, but 23 is going to be big. So I just say this. I left that behind <laughs> and I made sure I memorized those two numbers, 23. Um, one of my sisters in Christ calls it the year of Jordan. I call it the year of the Lord because this year he is about to do some big, amazing and powerful things. Oh, Wow. By you saying that, it just gave me chills. So that's a, that's a blessing, boy. That's a blessing. And, and, you know, I like what you said. You know, y'all just wrote a book. Again, congratulations. And I like how y'all sisters be working together. Y'all sisters be on fire for the Lord. <laughs> Not to take away from y'all brothers. Just let me just focus on the sisters for a minute. Y'all sisters be on fire for the Lord. But, Adney, I'm not going to waste too much time talking about us. Uh, but let's just dive into the word of the day. Uh, what you got for us? I have Proverbs chapter number 14 in the NLT version, verse 33, and it reads like this. Wisdom is enshrined in an understanding heart. Wisdom is not found amongst fools. And I I was scrolling through that and that just popped out at me because sometimes we can walk this walk and think we know everything. And we have to take the opportunity to take a step back and say, you know what, God, I don't know nothing. Please send someone my way to help me understand better. Um, Fools don't want to know that. Fools think they know everything. So um, I'm I'm really grateful and thankful for that verse. It it really, truly said something um, powerful to me. Like, I don't know anything, but God does. And I remember praying a prayer and that same day he sent somebody to start ministering to me. So I understand when I, when I don't know, and I ask him, he will provide. Yeah, that's, that's a good scripture right there. Uh, so when we think about wisdom, we, we think about making 
godly, the right decisions, right? Uh, and the wisest decisions. But, you know, I, I thought about when I was in the world, we used to call each other fools. Now, I don't know if they still do that now, because it's been a long time since I actually been in the world. And I say, it's crazy how the enemy had us so deceived that we would call each other fool. Fool, you know, we just make some stupid, dumb decisions. We don't want to take heed to wisdom, especially godly wisdom. You know, a person will tell you to do what's right. Not not only what's right, but what's what, according to God's standards. Because just because it's right, that don't mean it's right in you know, our own eyes to our own standards. We'll say according to God's standards. And we'll be like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. And they'll be like, dude, like, I'm trying to give you wisdom, like godly wisdom. And dude, like, man, fool, you don't know what like, you You call folks fool. <laughs> like, you, you a fool. But in actuality, that like, you are the fool because you're not taking heed to um, godly wisdom. And that was me. And, and I just remember, we used to just, hey, man, what's going on, fool? What's going on, fool? You know, that's what we did in the hood. But again, that was the language back then. I don't know what they calling each other now. I don't know what's the word that they substitute for a fool. It might probably be something else. I just don't know. But anyways, Addy, I like that scripture. It just I just had a, a moment right now of truth. Like, wow, I remember when I used to call myself a fool. But now when I got in the body of Christ, God has blessed me with some wisdom now. Yeah, a little bit of wisdom. So I could make some good decisions, some wise decisions, godly wisdom. But Adney, I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, you know, I always get excited when we have a guest on here. Cause, cause you, you almost got on me for not praying before we started this <laughs> recording. So, you know, I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> so Addy, I'm going to give you the honors to welcome this wonderful guest. Awesome. Um, world, it is so amazing. This sister and I wrote, uh, we co-authored a book with 15 other women. And this is the first time we're actually meeting in person and, her spirit is just so beautiful. Like the light that she is exuding right now is just so amazing. And I just cannot wait for you all to hear her story. So my dear sister, Arvelia, can you please introduce yourself to our audience? Yes. My name is Arvelia Elise. I am a native Memphian, um, born and raised here. Um, but um, if I had to sum up myself and my life in one word, um, I always say it would be survive. Um, because if you knew my story, um, most wouldn't be here in their right frame of mind, but by the grace of God, we'll leave it at that. Arvelia, again, we want to welcome you to the show. Again, we, we thank you again for taking heed to the call and we're looking forward to hearing your story. Um, you know, we're going to call you Sister V. <laughs> Arvelia, her name is Arvelia. Yeah, so we're going to call her Sister V throughout the show. You know, we don't want to say, so we don't want to call about her full name. You know, when Addy, when our parents used to tell us to do something, they used to call us by our full name. That'd be you in trouble. <laughs> so so we're, we're going to give her a nickname on this show, Sister V. <laughs> I'm sorry. When I got in trouble by my mama, she called me by my pet name. When I heard that pet name, I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> So look, Addy, so I'm excited because I know that you, you know, you you guys wrote a book together and that's the power of the internet that we could connect with people globally. And and I'm just interested to hear about Sister V's story. And of, of course, we're going to hear her story, how she became a Christian. But first, you know, we, you know, we like to hear the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the ups and downs that people go through before they became a Christian. So uh, Sister V, we want you to share with our listeners uh, what was life like, you know, before you became a Christian. Life before I became a Christian, I would say it was pretty normal. And the reason why I would say that is because um, I grew up in the church. 
Um, so all I've known is the doctrine. I've never been taught anything else other than, you know, you go to the Baptist church for the funerals and stuff like that. But other than, and you know, you be like, I'm this ain't what I do. So we're going to be here, worship with these people in this kind of space. And then I'm going to go back to the normal place. Um, but yeah, it's always been church of Christ for me. Um, I didn't become a Christian as far as being baptized until I was, I think I was 13 or 14. Um, one thing that my dad was very serious about was when you get ready to take that step, you need to be ready for the responsibilities of being a Christian. And even though, um, they didn't have the picture perfect example of Christian living, um, I do believe that deep down inside, everyone is capable of being a good person. And when you're influenced by God's word, even though you make bad choices, it's still there in you. So that was how um, I was kind of steered in the right direction, sort of say. Um, but yeah, he was very serious about if this is what you're going to do, you need to understand that there's a lot of stuff you won't be able to do. Well, at 13 or 14, it's still a lot of stuff I want to do because I got a whole lot of life to live. Uh, <laughs> so, That's of true. course, you know, just <laughs> mischievous things. Um, but I will say that um, two of my core values that literally um, I go by in life and everything um, are my faith and my family. Um, I don't think that there has ever been an individual that I've dated that does not know that Christ is first in my life. Like, oh, even I have a friend that we've been friends 17 years and any Sunday he calls me and it's before 830. He'll be like, what you doing? Getting ready for church? Absolutely. It's Lord's Day. That's what we do. You might not do it, but that's what we do at this house. Um. And so that's something that is, is, I've never really veered from. Um, my grandmother, I have her to credit for that. Um, she was a very good example to me for um, how to walk. Look, you you said something, something there. Um, growing up in a household of, of people that went to church, because Adney and I were a little bit different. We just went to different churches, you know, but... We didn't have that, that, you know, structure. We didn't have order in our house. So I'm a little curious for, you know, could we call you like you people? I'm sure people call you church girl, right? They do. And now that my dad is a preacher, they call me PK. Um, (laughs) And I think I'm 40, but you can't call me a PK. (laughs) You You just can't. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show. Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. We want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week, and that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, 
and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. So I'm curious, Sister V. So, uh, can you describe the moment when you when you realized that you needed a savior? Because the thing is, when I was young, and and I always go back to when I was like nine or ten years old, and people used to talk about Jesus and they used to talk about salvation. All I kept thinking about, they used to talk about heaven and hell too. So, at a young age, you think about these things like, you know, wow, if if I don't obey, now I'm going to burn and barbecue. If not, then I'm going to be in glory in heaven. So. As kids, and I remember, I could just reflect, you know, and looking back in hindsight, I, I used to think about it, we used to talk amongst my brothers. So can you describe that moment when you uh, realized that you needed a Savior? And what was like the defining moment that you said, you know what, I need to obey the gospel? And I think that that might be where um, it's a little different when you grow up in the church, is that I just really never had that true come this way. It was just really more of, am I, uh, am I ready for these responsibilities? And at 13 or 14, I felt that I was, um, later on, I would say that it really didn't hit me. Now, maybe this would be classified as my being called by God moment. Um, it was after my grandmother had passed and, um, I always describe her passing as me losing three people at one time. Um, my mom, my best friend, and my grandmother. So for me, that was when the church girl was like, I'm tired of being the church girl. So Delia, <laughs> as my family calls me, did what she wanted to do. Um, and I think that lasted for about two years. And I was at church one Sunday. Keep in mind, I never stop my routine because this is what we do. Um, but it was about two years in and I was at church and I can't remember the, name, the title of the sermon or anything like that. All I know is my takeaway was that I had created my grandmother into my God. And... It wasn't me that was serving God all those years. It was me serving her, not to bring shame on her. So in that moment, I had to reevaluate who I am as a Christian. Um, my favorite Bible verse is Galatians 2.22, um, where it says that you're crucified by the Lord and uh, you're no longer living for you. You're living for him. And that's that defines like exactly where I was and how I have moved forward since then. So if and I think that that was probably in my. In my 30s. So, yes. <laughs> so the church girl that got baptized at 13 to 14 had her real called by God moment. Decades later. So, yeah, I think that's uh, interesting because um, I think that's what I be trying to tell people. You know, when you become a Christian, it, it is a process. It is an ongoing process because people sometimes often believe that, oh, you know, if if I become a Christian and I got a checkbox, I got to <laughs> I got to do all this good stuff. But I believe that God, it's a transformation process that's taking place, even if it takes five, ten, you know, we're and even the, the state that we're at now, we're still not perfect. You know, yeah, yeah, we come to the defining moment to define like, okay, now I could, I know my purpose. I know uh, what I'm, what I'm called to do. So I'm, I'm glad that you shared that because 
Some people are living for their family members. Some people are living for friends. And I think that was, that was, man, when you said that, my eyes just lit up. I'm like, wow, that's true. Because you may have a daughter that's saying, look, you know what? I'm trying to live for my dad and try to please him and, and make sure I'm not doing all the wrong things. Yeah, you, that's true. You definitely want to have that mindset. But I like how you pointed right back up to, to God. Because if you could please God, then everything else would follow. Everything else would follow. So, so I, I think that's good. So questions, because you've been in the faith for a long time. So you have a lot of experience, you know, unlike Adney and I, we was, you know, kids going to church to church, but for a person that was actually brought up in the church, that's a little different. So how do you cultivate and nurture your relationship with Jesus Christ? Mine would have to be through serving others. Um, we're all taught that there are three three works of in the church, edification, benevolence, and um, evangelism. And for me, my area of work or concentration um, would be in the area of benevolence, doing for other people, um, finding out how I can serve. Um, and I believe that once you realize what your gift is, that is when you can truly become uh, I won't say a servant for the Lord, but a worker yeah. for him. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. That's good. So, I mean, and that's always been me. Um, as I mentioned, well, I might not have mentioned it yet. Um, and I guess this can, is it okay for me to go ahead and tie in? Yeah, the book? go ahead. Yes. Okay. So my, my contribution to the book, the, it's titled um, The Absent Mother. And from, I know, age four up until around 12 or so, my parents' marriage was not the best. Um, There was um, physical, emotional abuse. Um, There was also drug abuse. So even though I was privileged to be aware of the church, um, I didn't have that church example at the house. So for me, church was more of my safe haven because those people at church, they knew my situation at home. And if it wasn't for them, I always credit the people that were in the village to where I am. Anything that I have done, I credit the village because it was the village that took care of me and my siblings when my parents didn't have a clue of what they were doing because they were in their own mess. Um, and so that's how, and I guess that's where it came. It stems from me being benevolent is because I always feel like I have to give back. Um, even in my service work in the community, um, I mentor teens because somebody took the time to take care of me and pour into me and try to guide me. And anytime I can do that and tie in the Lord's work, that's what I want to do. Amen. That's good. That's real good. Because I want people to understand that there, you know, people find ways to have relationship with Jesus Christ and they do things, you know, to please him. They do things to please him. But also, you know, I do have a real audience because sometimes, sometimes we have our Job situations, right? (laughs) Sometimes we have our doubts. And sometimes we have our fears. So again, 
I want my listeners to know the ups, the highs and the lows that Christians may go through. But, you know, it's, it's always a joyous moment. You know, the, the Bible says in James, the kind of our joy when you go through diverse temptations and trials and situations. So I know that we could have our highs and lows in our walk with Christ. So I want you to share a time when you struggle with doubt or unbelief. And I want you to share how you overcame it. Because we all go through some stuff. You know, I had my seasons. <laughs> Adney had her seasons. And we use those for our testimonies. <laughs> Let me see. I don't ever think I really ever doubted him. Um, because for me, it was always me getting in my way. It was never, I, I never, I never lacked, I never lacked the belief or the faith in him that, you know, he, he has a plan. He knew what he was doing. Now, did I always agree with the plan? No, because I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have let three kids get raised like that. But again, you know, his plan is always greater. We don't know <laughs> exactly how things are going to play out. And even if we did, we probably still mess that up. Um, so I, I can't say that I ever had a, a doubting moment. Um, now, every now and again, I'll be like, when are you sending me my husband? But that's going to be an ongoing conversation until I get married. <laughs> I'm going to just keep saying the same prayer <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I can't say that I have ever doubted him because any, any time that I've done a self-evaluation, it's always me that's not doing something right. Mm. Never him. So I, I wish I could get on here and tell you, hey, when so-and-so did such and such, Right. That right. was that was the moment I was just like, you know what, God, you ain't no good. All of this church stuff is a lie. Mm-hmm. I never, I've, I've never in my forty-one years had that experience. Um, and that I, I'm not saying that because that's a something to brag about or anything like that. It's just that <sighs> going back to that faith and family. It's you got to know who you are. And sometimes you know that you're the problem, not mm-hmm. not the other way around. I love that you Amen. said that because um, especially for us uh, young women and not and men, too, when we grow up in a tumultuous home, we, t- we have a lot of childhood traumas. And God is saying to you, hey, I'm right here focus on me, but you are so caught in that childhood trauma that you're the one that moving. He said, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm not moving, but you're the one that's moving because you're trying to figure yourself out. I want you to share because you, you said the title of your chapter is that, um, the absent, uh, the absent, absent mother. Mom. Okay. I want you, don't give them the whole thing. Okay. Give them a glimpse. So that way they could go and get the book and read it for themselves, <laughs> but give them a glimpse of what, when you was writing the story, what was going through your mind? Cause I know you had to relive that. So what was going through your mind while you were writing that? Yes. So when I was trying to decide what I was going to write about, number one, I had to pick, I was like, I need to focus on something that really did, um, challenge me, not just as a person, but also as a Christian, um, 
because in that area, it had to do with forgiveness. And I always say, if I expect God to be able to forgive me for everything I do, then I need to be able to try to forgive other people. And my mom was the one person that I had the hardest time forgiving. Um, and mm. in her place, because like I said, it was the absent mother, was my grandmother. And like I told y'all, she was those three people all in one person. So you can imagine the void that was there when she passed. So that's the best I can tell y'all, just giving you the carrot um, without telling you the whole story. But um, all stem from a Sunday sermon is where the forgiveness started. When you started forgiving your mom, because this is one of the things I think we as human beings fail to understand about forgiveness. We hold ourselves hostage because it's like we're drinking this poison, right? And we're looking at that person like, why you ain't dying yet? Why? why? And it's like, God is saying, release them, release them and focus on you because this is your freedom, not theirs. When you started the journey of forgiving your mom, how did it feel? It felt amazing. All my life, all I've ever wanted was to have that relationship that you see on TV with when the mom and the daughter are going shopping and stuff. And, you know, they sit down and they have tea time and tell each other stories and stuff like that. And, you know, she gives advice and things like that's the relationship that I wanted. But that was not the relationship that I had. And being that the relationship that we began to establish, I was already an adult. So I had already made decisions that I was going, I mean, that, you know, had changed the trajectory of my life. Um, I really didn't need much advice career-wise because I had, you know, done that already. Um, it was just like certain things that I had already done, I didn't have to worry about. And so now all I had to focus on was what does she need? Because again, I'm all about serving others. And as soon as I got my answer to my question, because I only had one question for her, you get the book, you get the question. Um, <laughs> but I only had one question for her. And once she told me that answer, had I gotten that answer 15 years earlier, it wouldn't have resonated the same way. That the, the relationship we have now, it probably wouldn't have happened. God's timing is timed perfectly. We don't understand why, but it just is. Um, he, Like I said, he's always had a plan for my life, even when it was all messed up and it wasn't even my fault. <laughs> um, but as far as building that relationship and I just basically took the same stance that I would if I was building a relationship with you a new friend. Um, cause when you, when you go 20 years without having a real relationship with someone, you have to start building on the basics. What do you like it? What, you know, I always knew her favorite color was yellow, never quite understood it. But, um, <laughs> but if you met my mama, you'd understand yellow, perfect color for her. Um, cause she is the sweetest person in the world. She is, Whenever people 
find out that that's my mom, the first thing is that your mom is so sweet. And I was like, yep, she is. Um, she is so sweet. But, you know, you have to get to know that person. It's reestablishing a true friendship, a true bond. Um, I'm not real big on talking on the phone to people. But so I know when she calls, I'm going to have to get my mind right. Because even though it ain't a real conversation about nothing, it can be, I made it home from work and it was ice outside. And I'm like, okay, you locked the house? Did you arm the house? You good? All right, well, I'm finna get off the phone. <laughs> now, when we in person, I'll talk your ear off. But um, but yeah, it's knowing that person. And it came at a perfect time because her husband had passed. Um, and... I, she had just relocated back to Memphis from Arkansas because he wanted her to be closer to her family um, when he transitioned. And after she after he passed, she was just like, I just don't want to be here by myself. So, you know, I moved in with her. And for two and a half years, you know, it was just her and I. And I used that time to work on our relationship. Oh, I love how you shared that. Two years. You had two years to be in her presence, to get to know her, to ask her the questions, to ask the hard questions, the tough questions that she probably was uncomfortable with. And even for you, because she had some questions she had to ask you. And the reason I'm sharing, I'm asking these questions is because we have people out there who like have a dear sister who holds on to stuff. And I'm like, baby, let it go. That person is not even thinking about you. You're always sick. You're in the hospital. You don't understand what that is doing to your health. But we have to realize the word forgive is a big and powerful word. So I love that you shared that and that and how you shared that God's timing was perfect. He removed someone and, and put you in their, in that space so you guys can establish that relationship. There are so many people out there who want that right now. And I think that is just so beautiful. Now, the other question I have for you is um, your relationship with your dad. It sounds like you're a, you're a daddy's girl. <laughs> I, he's I a, am a He's a minister. <laughs> and he's a minister. So I want to know what, what's that like? Like, you know, people calling you PK now. And you're like, hold up. I'm a grown woman. I am not a child. So right. share with us um, what your relationship with a preacher as a father and you being an adult. <sighs> All right. So I am very overprotective of my dad. And I'm going to tell you why. Because he has allowed the Lord to work in him in a certain kind of way. And the person that he was in his 20s, in his 30s, in his 40s, that's not him. And so often when people make changes, not just becoming a W-2 worker to now being a preacher, um, People try to still box you in. And when the Lord is working on you and there is true growth, then you you need to get all the other stuff out of your mind and give this person a chance. And so for like the first couple of years after he um, started preaching, that was what I was doing. I was like always like on 10 because people wanted to continually say, well, he was like this then. 
well, sweetie, how were you then? You know, you sometimes you have to bring people back to reality and tell them, hey, you aren't that same person. And I was just telling somebody um, the other day, you can't be where you want to be if you continue to be where you are. And that's the same thing for people when they answer the call. And that's what he did. Um, I am a daddy's girl. I absolutely love him. Um, I'm the middle child. So I learned early on that I needed to figure out a way where he and I could just have some time to ourselves. So I got really um, turned on to sports. So I'm, I'm the sports daughter. So if we go into a Grizzlies game, we're going to a Grizzlies game. <laughs> you know, um, it's not uncommon for him to say, hey, the Celtics are playing. You coming over? I make us some um, barbecue nachos or something. But um, my dad, he um, he's a special kind of person. Um, all I can say is he's a special kind of person. Um, he is not a traditional minister. He's actually a missionary minister. So he um, goes to Malawi once or twice a year and helps to um, convert souls and also um, plant new churches there. Um, so that is where he does his work. When he's here in the States, he... Um, preaches at his um, sp um, sponsoring congregations and also another congregation um, down in Mississippi. And for me, as far as people trying to prejudge the preacher's daughter, um, it's, it's really, I don't really care about them prejudging me, but this, 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 see this, this for your other listeners. Us church people are very, very hypercritical. And most of the time, when someone is pointing out a flaw of someone else, there are four other fingers pointing right back at them. And you have to make that person look small because what you're doing is way big, but you don't want people to see it. And I see that so often in the church, especially when it comes to ministers and their families and how other people perceive them. We are not perfect people. We are human, just like y'all. We walk just like y'all do. Um, we have the same doubts in ourselves as other people do. Um, and no, we do not walk around with Bibles and um, quote scripture all day long. We, we like other things as well. <laughs> I think one year me and my sister had um, bought my dad tickets to go see Maze because that's one of his favorite bands. And so my dad posted it on his social media and somebody was like, well, you're not supposed to do that. You a minister. And he was like, I went to a concert with my two daughters to listen to a band. How in the world is that a sin? It's things like that. <laughs> that being a PK, as you guys would like to say, um, that makes it a little challenging. Because then you have to realize that I am human, but I'm also a child of God and I need to be an example. But baby, it is hard sometimes. Um, so be so I guess be happy y'all daddy ain't no preacher. <laughs> if nothing else. <laughs> um, would I say that occasionally um he does use the word to kind of get me in line? Absolutely. Um, last year, 
he um, treated each of us to our own vacation. And on that vacation, every night we had a Bible study. But the Bible study was focused on areas where he felt that we needed growth. And I thought that that was very good. Um, Even though one of those nights I did not agree and we did not finish that Bible study. But yeah, I thought that that was that was a wonderful thing. So it was a, a week with dad, just him and I. So we went to my my trip. I wanted to go to San Francisco. So we went to San Francisco. I got to ride a bike across the Golden Gate Bridge with my dad. We got to go to Alcatraz um, on his bucket list was going to Yosemite. He had me on this tour bus riding up on the ledge of this mountain for what seemed like forever. And I was like, if the man sneezes, this bus is going over and we're going to die. Am I living right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. And he was just like, you know, I'm going to tell, tell them people you was punked out. I was like, what? I said, look, look down there. Because I was not sitting by the window. <laughs> uh-uh. So, but yeah. So that's that's my that's my guy. So. And out of all of his children, I, I think I have most of his um, good and bad qualities. So you can imagine sometimes we butt heads. But yeah. yeah, if if our listeners could see you, they'll see the, the smile on your face when you're talking about your daddy. I, I think it's a wonderful thing because I have a daughter and I, I have a son. And even this, just the things that you said about your dad, the things that he does with you. And it kind of made me think, man, give me some, giving me some ideas. That maybe some of these things I may have to implement, you know, with my daughter. Yeah. I, I, I like what you talked about um, your mother because that's, and, and that's why I said like everybody has different stories. Everybody's story is different and their stories could resonate with people, you know, different people. So like for my dad, my dad wasn't in my life for over 30 years, over 30 years. And so he was like one of those guys that was in and out of my life. So the minute I, you know, I said, man, you know, my dad is around, you know, I, I love him, you know, forgive him. And then he'll just, boom, just catch ghosts. You don't see him for another eight, 10 years. And he was one of those dads. So when you said that, when you talked about forgiveness, I think what you said was so powerful because the Bible says that uh, for if you forgive others, other people, when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. So I like the thought that you brought that up about the forgiveness piece, because I have siblings, you know, that are still unforgiving or they have that resentment uh, towards, um, you know, their dads or even their loved ones. So I'm glad that you pointed that out. But also, of course, as I mentioned, I like what you talked about your dad. You talked about the things that he's doing with you and even the mission that that God has has him on. And I think that's powerful for him to just go globally, you know, to go from this place to this place. I think that's a powerful thing he's doing. So that's your dad. So I want to talk about you. This is the last question. Then closing. <laughs> Can you talk about, let's talk about a specific mission or purpose that you believe that God has you to fulfill. Oh, Lord Jesus. Um, He's it, very you know, heavy. heavy. But yeah. the calling could be intimidating, Sister I'm, V. I'm telling y'all, that. hey, don't, don't, <laughs> hey, if they call you to be on this podcast, listen to these questions they're asking me. Be prepared. <laughs> I should have listened to some recordings before I got on here. <laughs> he had me some cliff notes. Um, <laughs> let me see. Um, I like the personality. I think for me, 
one thing that I've always shied away from because I didn't want people to judge is um, how I was raised. Um, but in writing and contributing in this book, it was so liberating. It was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Um, one of my favorite quotes from Maya Angelou is the greatest agony um, is bearing an untold story inside you. And I have a story inside of me. And I don't know if this is going to come to fruition this year or next year, but um, I'm, it's time for me to share it with the world. Um, like I said, if I had one word to describe me, it would be survive. And sometimes people need you to be very vulnerable and transparent and tell them what it is that you went through and how you got through it because it'll help someone else. Just like with my weight loss, <clears throat> you know, people contact me and ask me, hey, so what you do? What's going on? How you do it? And stuff like that. That's how it is with everything else in your life. People want to know, how do I stay faithful to God? How do I build these relationships? How do I forgive somebody else, especially when they don't even think that they did something wrong? You know, um, so that that's... That's my where I see where I believe my mission is in this present moment. What God wants me to do. I am so proud of you. And I say I'm proud of you because you don't know me from Adam. And you said yes. And not only did you say yes, you brought your authentic, <laughs> funny, quirky, goofy self. And I believe that someone who is going to listen to your segment is going to be amazingly blessed, especially if they have a situation going on with a the parent. They're going to say, if she can do it, I can do it too. So I thank you for saying yes, my sister. Thank you. Thank you for asking. All right, world. So there you have it. Sister V. I'm not going to call her by her governor name, but Sister V. <laughs> if y'all know her governor name, go back and look in the show notes. But it's been a blessing just having her on the show. I hope, trust, and pray that you are blessed by this episode. But remember that Jesus Christ loves you, and he's the King of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. Be blessed. That's it for now. But before we go, please continue to listen, subscribe, and share our podcast. Also, if you want to support our show, please scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on the link that says buy me a coffee. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And remember, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And also, Jesus Christ loves you. Thank you. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. 
Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day by believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized, you will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.